This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 270, Priming with Hypnotic Convincers. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hypnosis has got the power to move you. Hey, it's Jason Lynette welcoming you back to the program, and we just wrapped up a special 10-episode series, episodes 260 through 269, specifically highlighting top hypnotists around the world and the work that they do with their clients in online video sessions. We find ourselves in a rather interesting point in history, and I've already been receiving phenomenal feedback from those of you who have put that information to use. And I would say, you know, this is one of those times that you can really be out there helping some people who really could benefit from the services. And a huge thank you, of course, to those people who came on as special guests during the series, as well as a huge thank you to each and every one of you out there working with clients and seeing them wherever they are. We can be just as effective in our hypnotic processes using these online video uh, format sessions. And I'd share, I've actually been seeing just as many, if not a few more clients than I normally do. And it's a little surprising how much of it is kind of that same business as usual. And like so many other things in life, if you treat it as being weird and different, it's going to stay weird and different. So the whole attitude I found to the online session is just hey, this is one way of doing it, the same as coming into my office, which is kind of a perfect transition to a piece of information that I wanted to share with all of you that normally this is information inside of my WorkSmart Hypnosis Live training or hypnoticworkers.com, the online version of the training. And it's really an exploration inside of the classic hypnotic suggestibility test, which we're going to use them though in a slightly different format to really expand upon this idea of compounding of hypnotizability, going deeper into hypnotic phenomenon, and a simple concept that we call calibration, the ability that I can have to get in sync with my client and see that they're responding to my instructions throughout the experience to create some really cool hypnotic moments. That basically, and you're going to hear the entire lecture I'm about to share on this, it really comes down to a simple three-part formula. I give you a set of instructions, and because you follow them, you produce a result. If I can prime that train of thought in your mind and physiologically throughout you and subconsciously within your mind, if I can condition that three-part sequence, I give you an instruction, and because you do it, something happens. Isn't that kind of the format of everything that we would want to occur inside of a hypnotic session? So this simple three-part formula, you're going to see me demonstrate through the classic structure of familiar suggestibility tests for those of you that might already know them, whether it's the finger magnets, the old circle test, fingers go to the cheek, the light and heavy arms, and the hand lock testing convincer. We're going to dip a little bit into hypnotic phenomenon on this, and I'd share with you that this is one of the few podcast episodes that you're welcome to continue listening to it here in this audio format especially if it's those of you who are already familiar with these techniques. But as I like to say, show is better than tell. Because you could also head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming, P-R-I-M-I-N-G, 
worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming, because that's where I will also post the entire video of what you're about to listen to. And on top of that, who takes care of you? On that page, there's going to be an entire downloadable transcription of this entire presentation that you're about to either listen to or watch. So yes, it's all about, you know, sort of calibrating to the client in front of us and meeting their specific needs and making the process organic to them. Though then again, if you had a few secret uh, tested and tried and true words that make the process even more effective, well, that gets you there a little bit faster. And that's why, like inside of hypnoticworkers.com, every single word of that product has been transcribed. This is the training style that I think is the most effective. We don't need any more scripts. We need transcripts. So once again, that link is worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming. That's where you can watch this presentation. You can also download the transcription of the entire thing and model the exact words. While you're there too on that page, we'll post some information about the upcoming training events. You can head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com. Dot com. That's the live in-person version of the training, which also on that page, yes, we have another live and online version coming up soon. We sold out the April event a couple of days in advance of that course beginning, so we launched another one to meet the needs. I keep the classes small. That way it's focused on those people who are in front of me. So the cool thing about this is it becomes a bit of a guided tour through the hypnotic worker's experience. So it's a reverse classroom. You are interacting with the video instruction outside of the live training modules. And again, when you head over to the Work Smart Hypnosis Live and On page, Live and Online page, we'll link to it in the show notes on that priming page. You can see the exact details as to the timing of this. And it's so cool when we're interacting with each other on Zoom because suddenly now you're breaking out into practice sessions with folks from around the world. The next event is coming up in late May of 2020. You can see all the dates and details on the priming page that we're linking this episode toward, or you can check out hypnoticworkers.com, the complete online training version, which is a great fit for those who are perhaps already certified and want to level up your skills in hypnosis. Uh, I thank you all for your interaction the last couple of weeks and months. I've seen some great sharing of episodes online, and that's really what this series is all about. Yes, we have training programs and products that I sell, yet it's always great to see the interaction and how you are truly putting this stuff to use. So with that, once again, whether you listen to the rest of this, whether you hopped that priming page and watch it online, either way, here we go. Episode number 270, Priming with hypnotic convincers. I'd like you to please imagine two very simple concepts, a bit of a comparison between two possible experiences and place yourself briefly in the role of the client about to go through a hypnosis session. Option number one would be that they simply go into the hypnotic process with some bit of question some bit of expectation, wondering if the process is actually going to work with them. That's option number one. Option number two is that they've already had several, let's call them magical hypnotic experiences. And because of that, they're now going into the session satisfied with the knowledge that they know for a fact they can experience something hypnotic in nature. And it's every reason why they're going to easily and naturally produce that change. Well, there's not much of a comparison now, is there? Clearly, option number two is the ideal way to begin your hypnotic process, and that's exactly what this presentation is all about. 
I'm Jason Lynette. I'm the host of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And as a side note, there are some resources that I will make available in addition to this video, as this video is actually the resource attached to a podcast session of mine, episode number 270 of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, simply titled Priming with Hypnotic Convincers, which to get the resources, there's a transcript I'll make available of the remainder of this presentation, which if you simply go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming, P-R-I-M-I-N-G, priming, that'll actually redirect over to the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com where you can access the video of this presentation, plus the full transcription so you can model the exact language that I use, which I'll share with you. These are techniques that I can use in different respects. I can use this if I'm on the platform about to give a presentation to a large group of people as a means to warm up the audience, get them interacting with me, and perhaps even better, get them already into the expectation as to how well they're going to respond to the hypnotic process. If I'm working with a client live and in person, it's an experience where I can calibrate exactly their level of comfort going into the experience. And if they seem a little uneasy, if the simple fact is they've never done hypnosis before, and if I can do something to calm that nervousness and also build up some excitement as to how well they can respond to hypnotic suggestion, there's a great benefit. Though at the time of this video, it's April of 2020, and I'm putting this video out during the entire coronavirus pandemic, and these are strategies that I am using with my clients in online video sessions. So whether it's Apple FaceTime, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Skype, that connecting with my client through the lens of a webcam or even through their phone or tablet device, the opportunity to again, respectfully stack the deck in the favor of the presentation, fold this into my pre-talk delivery, and then by the time we begin the formal process of hypnosis, I've got a client who is ready to go. They're already satisfied as to how well they're going to respond to hypnotic phenomenon, and I'm able to stack that expectation up even higher in advance. So for those of you that are already familiar with some of these techniques, this is really in the category of what we'd often call suggestibility tests, uh, which the older terminology behind that would be that you would use these as demonstrations to test and see how suggestible your client would be. I do feel it's a bit of an older school of thought in terms of hypnosis. So let's flip it over to the all positive branding that I'm often teaching, whether it's my all positive pre-talk or the all positive uh, ego strengthening. Well, perhaps here's your all positive hypnotic convincers that really I'm going to use these as a mechanism to build rapport, to build positive expectation, but again, really to prime my client as to how well they are going to respond to everything that we're about to do. And there's a magical phrase that I often use inside of my process, which is just simply the power behind the statement before we get started. The phrase before we get started is a bit of a misnomer in its delivery because, well, by doing these things, clearly we are getting started. Yet because we're not yet making use of the foundation of close your eyes and let's again go into a formal process of hypnosis, because truth be told, so much of my intake process is really conversational influence. 
conversational hypnotic suggestion. Conversational change strategies that from my perspective, I want to observe my client and see that they're already moving towards the direction of their positive change. And once that change is already in motion, that's when I then officially say, great, let's begin. So I'm able to loop this idea of before we get started to kind of soften that expectation that really I'm getting the change already in motion without the, Oh, we're now doing hypnosis kind of <laughs> deer in the headlights expectation that may be there. I'll actually run through this sequence as if I was doing this from a platform. And the example of this would be that let's say I'm out in the community giving a talk on hypnosis, giving a talk as to the styles of work I can help people to achieve. And I don't want to be the guy standing behind the lectern, the box, and just simply talking about here's what hypnosis is and here's what it's not. No, instead I want to give people an experience. So even better, if they have that lectern set up for me, I'll leave it. And the moment after they introduce me, usually my opening line will be something along the lines of, Hey, where can I put this? Which immediately right there, that's a pattern interrupt. So many of their speakers who come in stand behind that box, read from their notes, stare at a PowerPoint presentation, if that's their style. And I want it to be different. I want to break that expectation that this is going to be something they passively sit back and watch. And instead, I want it to be interactive from the beginning. So phase one, if I'm giving the presentation that they've left out that lectern, that podium to stand behind, where can I put this? And for those of you that are only listening to this presentation by audio, I would say you're in a good territory to just listen by audio. If you're already familiar with these hypnotic suggestibility tests, if you're not familiar with them, for those of you listening to the audio of this only, I'd encourage you actually to stop listening to the audio and instead head over to the show notes, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming and pick up with the video at this point. Now that we've got that out of the way, here we go. Everybody hold your hands up in the air just like this. My hands are off to the sides of my head with the palms facing out. And I'm giving a little bit more description because we may be in an audio format. Hold those hands off to the sides of your head and go ahead. Please take those hands, give them a shake, give them a wiggle. Okay. That just makes me smile. Thank you. All right. Take those hands and clap those things together. Interlock those fingers down, squeeze those hands tightly together. Perfect. Just watch me for a few moments because I'll have you watch and observe what I'm about to do. And then I'll have all of you do it with me. So again, just watch for right now that in a moment, not yet, but in a moment, I'll count from one to three at the count of three, specifically at three, we'll have you point your two index pointer fingers straight up in the air about an inch or so apart. And the moment you do that at the count of three, stare at the space between those fingers. Now, as you do that, Imagine there are two hyper powered magnets on the tips of your fingers. Watch what happens. Here we go. Squeezing those hands together and one, two, three, extend those fingers. Look at the space between and feel those magnets drawing those fingers closer and closer together. Notice this, that even if you try to keep those things apart, they start to draw closer and closer together because when they touch, just let those things just relax on down and good. Shake those hands nice and free. Perfect. You did great. Now let me explain to you exactly how we just did that. I asked you to perform a very specific set of actions. And by doing that, 
you created a result that I see people do all the time. And if you think about what just happened there, you were putting tension on those hands, right? And the moment you separated those fingers, they naturally wanted to draw back together. So really it wasn't exactly a hypnotic process because all I did was I put the right words in the right order and it's your mind and it's your body that already knew exactly what to do. And even though that's not hypnosis, I show that to you, which yes, you might end up doing that for someone later today. It's kind of fun, but it shows you the perfect explanation for what we're about to do together. I know how to put the right words in the right order to help you to create that desired outcome that you are here to create. Make sense? Good. Excellent. We'll keep rolling with further of these tests. In fact, let's do something else. This is kind of fun for everybody. Everybody hold your right hand up in the air, off to your side, hold that right hand on up. Good. And take that right hand, squeeze into a fist, open it up, squeeze into a fist, open it up. This is all we do for an hour and a half. Squeeze, open, squeeze, fun, right? <laughs> all right, good. Take your thumb and index finger and make those fingers into a perfect circle. Well, as perfect as you possibly can. You might want to look at your hand to do this because some parts of your hand are not shaped the right way to make that perfect circle, but do your best to kind of finesse around those fingers and uh, make that circle as round as you possibly can. Now look back over here at my face and take your circle, stick it directly on your chin. And of course, throughout this process, realize your chin is down here. Uh, that's your cheek. All right, good. Now I don't do that to say gotcha, but um, gotcha. <laughs> but let me explain to you exactly why we share that experience together. Which not along with me as these things are true. You heard every word I said, right? Yeah. And you saw every action I did, correct? Yeah. But in that moment, part of your mind completely ignored the verbal suggestion, even though you clearly heard me say the word Chen, to instead follow the visual suggestion where I went to my cheek. And the reason I share that with you here before we do this hypnosis process is that we define hypnosis, one of the popular definitions, is that it's that bypassing of that critical part of your mind. It's that automatic reaction in spite of those things you're already aware of. So think about this for a moment. I see people with different issues beyond the one you came in for. Here's the person who knows they want to quit smoking. And they could walk around all day saying, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. They know that. And yet when here comes that part of the day, there they are moving in a way different from what they know they want. They're saying one thing and they're doing something else. Or maybe here's that person I would see with a fear of flying. And statistically speaking, they know they're safer up in the airplane than they were driving to the airport. They know that. And yet in that moment on the airplane with this turbulence, even though they're consciously aware that they're completely safe, their internal processing is telling them another story. The same as consider the issue that's brought you here today, where you can name every reason why this shouldn't be a problem. And yet that issue is still there up until today, right? Yeah. Which the playful way of phrasing this is that, well, congratulations, you're already doing hypnosis. I'm going to show you how to use those powers for good. So the best description of what we're about to do together in the process of hypnosis is to take those things that you've already been saying to yourself that you ought to be doing and feeling and experiencing and creating that better sense of harmony 
so that the mind and the body, conscious and unconscious, are working together as a team. Make sense? Great, great. Tell you what, let's do one more thing here in this experience today. Everybody, take your arms and stretch them straight out in front of you, just like this. Make those arms straight out in front of you. Don't let them rest on anything, otherwise this might not work for you. Let the arms just kind of hover in space directly out in front of you with the palms facing toward each other. And a simple instruction, please, your arm on your left side, take that arm, take your left hand, rotate it so it's facing palm upwards. Take your right arm, rotate it so it's facing palm downwards. We're going to use your imagination for this experience. And you'll find that you could probably engage that imagination even better by blocking out the visual distraction of this room. So first of all, a simple instruction, please take a nice deep breath in, let those lungs briefly fill up with air. That's right. And as you exhale now, just go ahead, let those eyelids close. Good. Just let those eyelids close so you can focus fully on those arms stretched out in front of you. And now imagine, on the palm of your left hand, we could place a large, heavy book. And that book is heavy. And the longer you hold that left arm outwards, the heavier that arm begins to feel. And the heavier that arm begins to feel, the lower it begins to drop. And the lower it drops, the better you feel. And the better you feel, the lower it drops. Now meanwhile, imagine on the wrist of your right hand, we've tied the string of a giant red helium balloon. Now that balloon is lighter than air and this thing is massive. If you've ever seen one of those weather balloons, it's this giant balloon, perhaps the size of the car you drove here in. And the longer you hold that right arm outwards, begin to imagine that balloon pulling at that string, letting that right arm begin to lift and rise, rise and lift. The longer you hold that right arm outwards, the lighter it begins to feel as it begins to effortlessly, easily raise higher and higher. But imagine now, on the palm of your left hand, we can place four, five, six, seven more books. And the longer you hold that arm outwards, the heavier it begins to feel. And imagine on the wrist of that right hand, we've tied several more of those giant red gigantic balloons. And the longer you hold that right arm, feel it lifting and rising, rising and lifting and freeze. Keep your arms right where they are, please. Open up your eyes, take a look. Excellent, take those hands, give them a nice shake free. Good, well let's talk about exactly what just happened there. Which the amazing thing is this, as you saw around, you saw a different range of different experiences. Because it's my job as a hypnotist to calibrate, to get in sync with you throughout our process together. This way I'm able to learn from you by observing your responses, what style of hypnosis you're best going to respond to. And the cool thing about this was, for many of you, as you had those arms out in front of you, you know for a fact, I didn't walk around and put books on your hands. You know I didn't. I didn't walk around and tie strings to your wrist to make the other arm lift up and rise floating up in the air. You know these things did not happen. And even though you consciously know they didn't happen, because you wrapped your imagination, the imagination, often nicknamed the language of the unconscious mind, because you wrapped your imagination around this idea, your body could respond as if those things were happening. So we know that every thought creates a reaction in the body. So really, this experience of hypnosis today is that of helping you to shift those thoughts, to shift those responses and reactions within your body. Sound good?
In fact, you know what? Let's do one last thing. And for this last one, I need you to please follow my instructions exactly. If you want to experience something really, really cool that you're probably going to be talking about later, follow these instructions exactly as I share them with you. Everybody, please, as we did before, hold those arms straight out in front of you once again. Good. Now, in a moment, not yet, but in a moment, I'll count from three to one. And the moment I say one, right at one, not three, two, one, go, but the moment I say one, that's when you'll then clap your hands together. And the moment you do that, as soon as I say one, clap your hands together, interlock your fingers tightly down, straighten those arms. And the moment you do that, lock your eyes on your hands. Do not look away from your hands. If you want to experience something really cool that you might be talking about later, keep your eyes focused on those hands. Here we go. Get ready. Hold those arms out in front of you. Look at the space between and here we go. Three, two, get ready. One. Interlock those hands. Squeeze those hands tightly together. Straighten those arms out in front of you. Lock your eyes at those hands. Because one, as you look at those hands, feel those hands squeezing together tighter and tighter down. The number two, feeling that sensation of the fingers wrapping around each other as only you could notice if your left hand is squeezing more tightly or if your right hand is squeezing more tightly. And three, as you focus on those hands, your hands are pressing together, notice that natural warmth forming between your hands as if some sort of chemical reaction is taking place between those hands. As four, feel that sensation of the palms pressing together as you think to yourself, my hands are sticking, my hands are sticking. So that five, notice now, even if you try to pull those things apart, they squeeze even tighter. Even if you try to separate those things, they squeeze even tighter. Try to pull those things apart and they squeeze even tighter. And only as you decide for yourself what this experience means for you in terms of your ability to create some new empowered goal in your life, notice now how easily those hands can separate. Shake those hands nice and free and relax. And there we go. So really, this was a stringing together of several hypnotic suggestibility tests, which rather than just show you what they were and tell you how they work, there's really a bigger lesson that I'm sharing with you in the context of this podcast session and the accompanying video. This is not just a lesson on hypnotic suggestibility tests, though. It is a lesson on classic hypnotic suggestibility tests. Instead, this is a lesson, first of all, in what we call calibration, observing your client and basically noticing when they are in sync with you and when you can lead to the next appropriate step. So whether it's just simply rapport, whether it's building that bond, that connection, that homey feeling, or whether it's, as we call it, calibration, that I can give instructions and you can follow them. And by doing that, you create a result. Take note of that sequencing of language again. I gave a set of instructions and because you followed it, something happened. Dr. Ivan Pavlov would be rather proud right now, you think? <laughs> There's something very Pavlovian about that sequence. I asked you to do something, you did it, and something happened as a result. And if we can establish that as a foundation of the process, before we begin something, let's say more formal, if I'm doing a formal eyes closed hypnotic session, that's setting the stage for an extremely successful experience. So again, 
priming, conditioning, calibrating to that individual in front of me. The other aspect of this is that this is also a lesson in hypnotic compounding. That the simple explanation of this is that the first hypnotic experience can be rather weak and can be rather simple, but because that was successful, the next becomes even more profound. And because that was now successful, the next thing becomes even more profound. And because that was successful, the next thing now becomes even more profound. Which a classic example of this is the simple nature that seeing other people getting hypnotized starts to build the expectation within the individual that they can be hypnotized as well. And even though I've, uh, at least for now, seemingly retired myself from doing stage hypnosis, which is what started my career uh, more than 14, 15 years ago, and nowadays I'm primarily positioned just as the hypnotist, the hypnotherapist, to look at the example of how in my stage show, I would do a one-person standing induction. And for those of you that haven't yet met me in person, I'm five foot four. It's not that I'm short, it's that I fit most places as the framing that I choose to go by. I would pick the biggest, tallest guy on the stage with me, and he's who I would do that standing hypnotic induction with. Whether it's a simple handshake interrupt, a standard arm pull induction, or a simple uh, five to one deepener into some hypnotic language, or even using something like I've just shared with you and just turning that into an induction. Because the imagery of the little guy hypnotizing the big guy and then turning to the crowd of people going, who's next, builds this expectation. So let's use this on the individual that because they've experienced some hypnotic phenomenon, it means they can create and experience even more hypnotic phenomenon. And there's a bit of an unfortunate story that I'll share with you that helps to illustrate this situation better. And it also gives you some insight as to why I specifically sequenced these four techniques the way that I did. When I used to go out about 10, 11 years ago and give presentations in order to attract clients to Virginia Hypnosis, the local business that I have, the first hypnotic demonstration that I would do for the group would be the light and heavy arms. And there was something that would happen when I would do that, which was kind of unfortunate. When I would do that, I would get maybe 30% rough numbers, but roughly 30% audience compliance by asking them to follow those instructions. Take careful note of those words that I just used. I didn't just say it only worked with 30% of the audience. No, because I only had compliance with 30% of the people in that crowd. Here's what I mean by that. I would give the instructions to extend your arms, rotate one up, one down, and then close your eyes. And only about 30% of the people in the room would actually do it. So the other 70% were doing absolutely nothing. They were watching everyone else do the thing. And, and true story, I was in my head back in those days judging the heck out of that audience, critiquing them. Never out loud, never you know in a way that they would pick up on it, but I'm in my head going, oh, these are the people I don't like working with. They're resistant clients, they're uh, analytic, they don't wanna do this, all this negative crap that was going through my brain. And then what happened was one day by accident, it was a smaller group of people that I was doing my lecture demo to. And for whatever reason, it was less of a formal introduction. This is Jason Lynette, and I started out and I came out and talked. It kind of began conversational, and then I just stood up and then continued my presentation. So it was a more organic, seamless transition into the talk. 
And for whatever reason that day, I did the finger magnets one first. And I didn't even do the circle one with the cheek at that time, but because I did finger magnets, I then went into the light and heavy arms and there was an extended pause in my presentation. There was an extended pause where I had to reach down and metaphorically lift up my jaw from the floor because I was in stunned silence that I had 100% full audience compliance. Think about that for a moment. So I went from 30% of the people actually at least following the steps to the entire room. Why? Let's stack this idea of hypnotic compounding and again priming in a different way. By beginning with a moment of hypnotic phenomenon, which I'll then go back and I'll explain all of these in detail for you here in a moment. By beginning with an experience with their eyes opened, which was less intrusive, it was much easier to involve them. And yes, my silly bit of hold your hands up in the air, give them a shake, give them a wiggle, that just makes me smile, clap them together. You've heard me perhaps before say compliance precedes suggestibility. I need you following, as Anthony Jackman would say, I need you following a set of instructions before I can lead to hypnotic suggestions. Basic report, we need to get in sync with each other. So an example of this in another context, if I'm gonna ask you to extend your arm and make it stiff and rigid, and eventually end up at the hypnotic phenomenon that if you try to bend that thing, it gets even stronger. Well, if I can't get it up in the air like this, that's just instruction, that's just direction. Then the moment of magic of the hypnotic phenomenon, try to bend it, it gets even stronger. If I can't even get the arm in posture, do you think I can get the next step? No. So this is about conditioning a positive experience. And my best logic of this is by building rapport with you with the eyes open, which is a whole lot easier than asking a group of strangers to close their eyes because they don't yet know me and trust me. It's by building this moment first. So take note again of the sequencing. This is the first one out because it builds that rapport, gets that immediate win, which makes the rest of them even more effective. By comparison, the final one that I did in that sequence of four, the hand lock testing convincer. These are numbers I'm gonna make up in a very non-scientific way. But let's imagine there's 100 people in the room. Remember again the nature of compounding and hypnotizability, going deeper into the experience from our definition, is to go deeper into the suggestible qualities of what hypnotic phenomenon they can experience. That often is what we mean by going deeper into hypnosis. If I came out onto a stage or even to a group of people, I often open up my classes with some of these demos, and I instructed everybody to extend their arms and lock their hands like this, and I then went for that hand lock convincer. If I walked out cold to a group of 100 people, and that's the first thing I did, rough numbers, I might get 10 people of those 100. If, however, I came out and I talked for maybe five or six minutes and I built some rapport with the audience, I built a bit of a bond with them, did something to kind of break the ice with some humor, and then I did the hand lock testing convincer. Now, because of the benefit of the rapport, the classic model of they know, like, and trust me, I may get a higher number, let's say 15 to 20 people. So take note of how these statistical numbers are going to change based on where I am in the equation. If I've already come out and let's say I've at least done the finger magnets, 
And again, the full description of these is how I'm going to round this all out. If I've done the finger magnets, what has that now accomplished? They've created a magical result simply by the words that I've shared with them. And especially this is where the transcript of this presentation is going to be helpful for you because the unpacking of it, which to give some credit where it's due, uh, Jeffrey Ronning, who used to run stagehypnosiscenter.com, I'm modeling the way that he unpacked the finger magnets and I just took the idea, expanded it further and applied it to everything else in our hypnotic profession. But thanks to Jeffrey for that initial spark of inspiration for this concept. Because of that explanation as to the way that you experience that is the same way that everything else is going to work. Makes sense? And I'm going for that agreement frame. I'm going for that yes set back from the people or the individual that I'm doing that for. So again, continuing our little experiment from a hypothetical context of they've done the finger magnets and I've explained how it works and why that's going to make everything else we're about to do work even better. I would wager that if I then did the hand lock testing convincer, I would probably be up to let's say 30, 35 of the 100 people. So are you noticing the real formula that I'm actually presenting here? That by putting more hypnotic experiences in advance of the hypnotic experience, it's often whether you want to use the terminology of a reinduction, we're going into the hypnotic process and then coming out, going back in, coming back out. And the more we do that, we are deepening the process. Or if you want to look at more vocabulary we may use in a bigger hypnosis course, the concept of pyramiding. Pyramiding is when we're layering multiple hypnotic techniques, one on top of the other without emerging from the experience, which other than the eyes closing for the light and heavy arms, perhaps there really wasn't any formal closureized hypnotic process. Or let's also look at the terminology of fractionation. Fractionation is a rising and falling of energy and attention. For those of you that may know the Dave Elman hypnotic induction, the moment of let the eyes open, let the eyes close, which he modeled after the work of uh, Hippolyte Bernheim, Suggestive Therapeutics. We are nerding out with history and references. Let's get more practical. But the concept of fractionation, the more hypnotic experiences, Okay, one more piece of terminology, that of hyper-suggestibility, which if there's really one word that defines how I work with my clients, it's the concept of hyper-suggestibility. Something hypnotic just happened. And because something verifiably hypnotic just happened, which starts to change your perception as to how solid and real your previously perceived conception of the world may have been, it means we can now piggyback and make suggestions to change that reality into something that more benefits you. Recognize that your client coming in is asking you to help with something that even they've identified they don't want to have around anymore. So it's not that I'm using the word broken, which is a negative connotation of what I'm saying here, but they have a perception that here's this issue that's not who they are. The map is not the territory. This issue is not who they are. So it's by way of hypnotic phenomenon that I'm helping them to interrupt the pattern of how real that old system used to seem to be as their life to now introduce, there's gotta be a better way. That's the use of hypnotic phenomenon in my process. So back to our hypothetical group of 100 people, because they've got this small quick win of the finger magnets, what now happens? The next set of hypnotic suggestions and experiences are more likely to be received. 
So if I went from finger magnets directly into the hand lock testing convincer, again, I would roughly say 30 to 35 of the people in the room will get this response. On top of the compliance, they're gonna get that reaction as well. Let's go even further. The silly bit of the circle test, again, that's more about building rapport, but notice how I'm not turning it into a, ha ha, you're all stupid, you misunderstood my instructions. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Instead, I'm kind of playing it off as a bit of a joke. I didn't do that to say gotcha, but, and I pause, and they usually say it for me, I go, but let's explain exactly why I did that bypassing critical faculties of the mind. You're already doing this. So really this is a process of creating that alignment behind what you want and what you create. Nodding my head, asking the question again, make sense. Yes. If I were to do it there, let's bump it to 40 to 45 of the 100 people, we'll get the hand lock. If I then back it all up with the light and heavy arms, now you've already heard the story of getting better compliance by putting a few things in advance of that, I will comfortably tell you, there have been genuine moments with 100 people in the room, and this one does require more focus, more attention, though notice I'm also stacking that expectation. If you want to experience something really cool, follow these instructions exactly. Which by doing that, that easily helps that group of people who weren't following instructions, who don't get the result, answer the question themselves. Why didn't that work for me? Because you were swatting the hands of the friend next to you. Don't be that guy. No one likes that guy. <laughs> so there have been times where I've done this for a group of about 100 people and I had 85, 90 of the, groom, of the room with their hands locked. And again, you heard some of my backstory that uh, before I pulled myself out of the stage hypnosis world, this eventually is what became my stage hypnosis induction. I would do this with the entire audience out in the room, especially for let's say a corporate group, a little bit more of a conservative and dare I say stuffy group, that it would be a little bit harder to say, these empty chairs are for you. Who wants to be the stars of the show? Come on up, give them a right. Yeah, that's gonna be a little bit more work. But instead, in the words of Anthony Gailey, rather than bring up people on stage and hope I can hypnotize them, instead in his words, I'm gonna bring up the people on stage who already live there. I love that quote. <laughs> and you can find previous episodes of the podcast uh, with Anthony Gailey and also Anthony Jackman, who I mentioned earlier. We'll link to them over in the show notes. Once again, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming. You'll find all the resources there. So I'd have the audience out in front of me and those people with their hands locked, it was a simple cause effect relationship to give the next suggestion and deepen the phenomenon. And as your hands are stuck together, hold them up in the air so I can see them. Good. And I would then come down from the platform and walk out to people and let me teach you a magical question. What does that feel like? To ask the question, what does that feel like? Occasionally does something absolutely beautiful. It invites a person to go inside and create meaning as to what it feels like. And even better, sometimes they answer in the form of a metaphor. What does it feel like? It feels as if they're glued together. And by having them verbalize that sort of uh, description of what that feels like for them, they themselves are deepening the phenomenon. 
At which point, for those people I'd see, the ones who were standing in the crowd just kind of passively like this, I wouldn't come to, but the ones I could see kind of playing with it or looking at it as if they're confused or puzzled by it, those are the ones I'd come over and say, look at that, kind of cool, right? Yeah, this happens to you every day, right? Now I see this all the time. What does that feel like? My, my concept of hypnotic phenomenon is that it should never be, I am the almighty hypnotist and I command thine arms to stick together, because that's creepy, don't do that to people. It's instead that I am the one who knows how to give the right suggestions at the right time to help you to experience some pretty cool things. And anytime there's a moment of hypnotic phenomenon, I'm going to be the one almost in the movie theater seat next to you watching this really cool thing happening and commenting on it as if it's so unique along with you, which that demeanor is so disarming. It's not the, you cannot bend it, you cannot bend it, which is where uh, the, 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 the BS filter of the brain goes, yeah, I can, and they release it. But instead, by joining them in the joy and, dare I say, amusement of this magical moment, that heightens it better than anything in my personal experience, at least in terms of the style. Make this stuff your own, do it your own way. What does that feel like? Yeah, kind of weird, right? Yeah, I know, I see this all the time, I'm used to it. Try to separate them now, they squeeze even tighter. Yeah, try to separate, they squeeze even tighter. Tell you what, those chairs up there, do, do you wanna have a seat in one of those? Cool, watch this, the moment I tap your hands, they easily release right now, good. Give him a round of applause as he heads up there and grabs a chair. This guy's already hypnotized. He's already massively responsive to my suggestion. So from the platform, it may just simply be five, four, three, two, one, let those eyes close. And in a moment, here come the routines if I'm doing a demo. This is also a great way, credit in some way to Shawn Michael Andrews for this next principle. If I've done this for a group of people, that one person I saw responding to everything the most, that's the one I'm gonna go, hey, do you wanna come up here and experience something even cooler than that? Yeah, your name, Barbara. Everybody give Barbara a round of applause as she comes on up. This way, if I'm doing a demo, what happens? I am not doing the dreaded moment of, is there someone here who would like to volunteer? and the sound of crickets could now begin to play. As opposed to, again, thank you, Anthony Gailey, for this amazing quote, rather than bring up the person and hope I can hypnotize them if I'm gonna do a demo, instead, I'm gonna bring that person up who I know is already there. I've done the hypnotic work out in the audience, and to do that demo and nail it 100% of the time, I'm gonna bring up that person who very clearly is already responding. So that's a great way to pull up a demo subject for a presentation. So really, this began as what could have been just a lesson on here's some hypnotic suggestibility tests. Though take note, this was really a lesson in hypnotic calibration, getting in sync with people. Compliance precedes suggestibility from instructions to suggestions, and even better, that of compounding hypnotizability, that of also compounding the hypnotic state itself. So to look at how we put this all together, this is where I'm priming that group of people or that individual client in front of me. Let's go back to the one-to-one. -one. If I'm working with a client via Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, whatever the video conference platform would be. Hey, before we get started, let's do something kind of interesting and I'm immediately into one of these moments of hypnotic phenomenon. What's happening there? In this situation which already one, they've never done hypnosis before probably, and two, they've likely never done it in this format, we're getting that instant win. We're getting this instant feedback. We're getting, again, that Pavlovian, that's right kind of response very early on. 
So by the time we begin the actual hypnotic process, we've got a client who again, do we hope we can hypnotize them or begin the process with a person who's already there? Which for the sake of completeness, let me break down these four individual techniques. And again, for those of you just listening to this, this may be a place for going to the actual video over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming. That's going to be more helpful to you. Also on that page is where you can get a full transcription. We're just going to get this entire podcast section transcribed. That way you can model the exact language. Though this is going to be a little bit more visual in respect, but for those of you who are already familiar with these techniques, you'll pick it up easily. So the sequence of the hands up, give them a shake, give them a wiggle. That was just to get the audience following some instructions before I give the next set of instructions. That's really the only thing that satisfies for me. The reason why though that immediately goes into clap the hands together, interlock the fingers down. For those of you that this may be new to, the original way of doing this, and if you're in a place you can actually follow along, go ahead and do this now please. Go ahead, extend your fingers up in front of you, look at the space between, because in a moment, I'm gonna have you begin to imagine that those fingers are already moving, aren't they? Yeah. Again, it's a physiological stunt. So the moment you put the hands in that posture and pull them apart, they're going to want to squeeze back together. That's something that already happens. So the original way that I learned this was you'd get the person in the posture and then you'd give the, uh, the lecture, the monologue as to how it's going to happen. But what would happen? Their fingers were already touching. Whoops. No. <laughs> so by doing it at the count of three, what's happening? I am directing the entire audience to have the magical experience together at the same time. That and again, by putting tension on the hands by squeezing them together, it makes it so the moment they pull them apart, my finding is that the fingers draw back together even faster, even sooner. So I'm creating a more magical effect because it happens more quickly and more viscerally, but also by delaying it to be at the count of three, here's what's going to happen the benefit becomes everybody gets the magical experience together. So that's a little twist on the classic finger magnets, which again, what am I really doing there? I'm starting to compound the hypnotic experience and on top of that too, I'm training this experience by priming that when you follow my instructions, you get this result. Which again, that's helping us to calibrate a much better experience moving forward. Which briefly back to the stage hypnosis world when I was in that previously about 10 years ago, you know, if I was pulling up volunteers from the audience, can you imagine the one who wasn't following my instructions at all? I had uh, sort of uh, in my own imagination drawn a red X on their face <laughs> respectfully. And uh, I would not pull that person up to be a volunteer in my show because if you weren't willing to follow my instructions in the audience, how well do you think it's going to go on the platform? So really I'm using these to condition an even more successful hypnotic experience if I'm going to choose to use them. By the way, a side note, I will often do this entire sequence with parent and child in the lobby of my office before working with the kid. Just to again, it's kind of poking fun of the parent, mom, you're here too, you got to do this as well and just have some fun and play in that experience. The, the circle test was the next one that I did which was the experience of making the circle with the hand and go back and watch or listen to that sequence once again or read the transcript of it because that sequence was all about conditioning a series of instructions. It's a bit of misdirection that I'm getting you caught up in the idea of making the circle as round as you possibly can 
Now look at my face, take your circle, stick it directly on your chin. Good, and now realize your chin is down here and I'm hitting my cheek with the circle the moment I say the word chin. Which again, take note, I am never saying, I hypnotized you to go to the other place. I hypnotized your fingers to go together, which no, no disrespect to the people who use these techniques and use that phrasing. Because people can go off and reproduce some of these hypnotic suggestibility tests on their own, even without me, I don't want them unraveling the experience. So I am willing to let you behind the curtain and give you the secrets as to why they worked, which I found that to be the best way at times to pre-frame. This is exactly like what we're about to do. So the timing, look at your circle, make it perfect. Look at my face, take your circle, stick it directly on your chin. Your chin's down here. Haha. Uh -huh. I don't do that to say gotcha, but yeah, <laughs> but let's explain exactly what happened. And again, I'm using the description based on the Dave Elman induction, bypassing critical awareness of the mind. I'm paraphrasing that classic description because even we argue about exactly what he meant, whether it was a critical faculty or the critical factor. Either way, those are not words that your client knows, so don't say them. <laughs> it's bypassing that critical awareness. There's a better use of the terms and let's paraphrase it to make it more vernacular, more common language. The same way that you could walk around all day saying, I don't want to smoke and yet there you're smoking. So there's already this disconnect and I say disconnect as I bring the circle back to my cheek, unpacking it. So really today is about taking the stuff that you want to change and then I bring the circle to my chin and creating that better harmony, which this does bring up the question, what if they actually go to the chin? It's still a hit. And look at that, even though you heard me say chin, part of your mind followed instead the visual suggestion, ignored the visual suggestion to go towards the verbal suggestion of cheek. The rest of the phrasing hits. Because I'm not billing these as a, oh wow, here's a test, let's see what happens. If I presented it that way, then that moment would have been a failure. But because uh, right out of Roy Hunter, I think he uses the phrase in his book, Art of Hypnosis, let's do a few things so you can discover the power of your imagination. That's a great framing for these. Mine is just simply, let's do something interesting. That's plenty for me. So then from there, we got into the light and heavy arms, which is simply about getting them in a specific posture. And then from there, having them close their eyes. You saw I put a reason why to close the eyes. We're going to have you involve your imagination and you'll find that's even easier without the visual distraction of this room. So instruction, 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 suggestion. Or for those of you familiar with the NLP model, pace, 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 lead. Hold those arms out in front of you. Take a nice deep breath in. And as you exhale now, close your eyes on down and listen to the sound of my voice. So sandwiched inside of all of those instructions is the more demonstrative one of that of close your eyes, which again, because they've already had two successful experiences with me, this is more readily accepted. It's up to you in terms of what descriptions you use in terms of doing this as a demo. I've always done it with uh, heavy books and balloons. If you go out to Las Vegas and you see Mark Savard do his show at the Planet Hollywood, it's a um, bucket filling up with water and I believe balloons as well. And I've seen a video, it might've been David Spiegel, I could be wrong in the name here, but a psychologist who also does hypnosis and he used no metaphors. 
No metaphors at all. Your left arm is getting heavy, your right arm is getting lighter, and that worked as well. So this can become as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. I will share one little best practices thing, which is that if you're doing this for a group of people, I found it's easier just to have everybody in the same posture. Left hand up, right hand down. If you're doing it one-to-one, -one, I may ask the person, what hand do you write with? Are you right-handed or left-handed? And if they say they're right-handed, I will put their non-dominant hand facing upwards. I'll put their dominant hand facing downwards. Because theoretically, and those of you listening, I just made massive air quotation with my fingers, that left arm would then, by most cases, be slightly weaker than the other arm. And by having that one palm up, there's gonna be a more natural intention for that one to lower. Uh, the real magical phenomenon of this one is the right arm raising. That's the more impressive one of the two. So I may, again, respectfully stack the deck slightly in my favor by putting the stronger hand to be the one that raises and the weaker arm to be the one that lowers. This is all based on assumptions. And I will share a few times from a platform I did say, your non-dominant hand, hold that one palm upwards. Take the hand you write with, hold that one palm downwards. And it was just too many words. It was just too clunky. So just for a big group of people, because the majority of people are right-handed, I will play law of averages, and really it'll work the either way, but just this little extra ingredient does help it to work a little bit, as I like to say, more good or better. So, so far, finger magnets, circle test, light and heavy arms, the more impressive of all of them is the hand lock testing convincer, which again, you've heard the stacking of expectation. You've heard the stacking of the hypnotic phenomenon as to how that now becomes the last one that I do. That being said, compliance precedes suggestibility. Instructions and suggestions, as Anthony Jackman would say, this is a place where there may be a little bit more benefit of giving a few more instructions. So if I'm working with a client remotely by way of Zoom or Skype or Apple FaceTime, hey, do me a favor. Could you please go ahead and scoot back about a foot so I can see more of you? Great. Just a simple instruction, whether it's that. If I'm doing this for a group of people, I may have everybody stand up. I may have everybody scoot further back from the table. Whatever extra set of instructions by way of just building compliance. Again, I gave you instructions, you followed them, you created a result. This is that sequence of three, which is running over and over throughout the hypnotic experience. I'm gonna give a few more of those before I then shift my tone to become a little bit more demonstrational. If you want to experience something really unique, please follow these instructions exactly. If you want to experience something that you might be talking about later, notice I haven't yet said what I'm about to do. Here's why. The reason why the magician very likely won't repeat the magic trick is not because you might figure it out. That's a part of it. One of the real reasons the magician doesn't repeat the magic trick is that you already know how it's going to end. Think about that for a moment. Most magic tricks or illusions, uh, however you want to label it. <laughs> Most magic tricks have a surprise element as the finish. You go out to Las Vegas and you see David Copperfield and you see him get handcuffed and put into a bag and put into a box and lifted up over a set of spikes, which of course they set on fire, like you do. And the whole premise is David is going to escape in this amount of time. And wouldn't you know it, spoiler alert, he doesn't make it out in time and the box 
falls on the fiery spikes. There's a few moments of stunned silence, at which point you hear a whistle, and there's David Copperfield in the back of the audience, standing on a table and waving at everybody. Let's say you then bought a ticket that was the 7 o'clock show. You want to see it again, so you go back for the 9 o'clock show, or the next night. How would you watch the trick the second time? You'd turn around and you'd watch the back of the audience. You wouldn't bother watching on stage. Maybe, theoretically, if you try to guess how the trick works, you'd try to guess the moment of how he got out of the box and how exactly he got to the back of the audience without really revealing anything here. Yet, you'd be watching for the back of the room to go, oh, there he is. So, take note, in most of these hypnotic convincer suggestibility tests, I'm not telling you what's going to happen until the result is already there. That's a very important component. If I said to you, your fingers are going to pull together, that critical element of the mind is going to go, no, it's not. If I told you, your hands are going to stick together right now, watch how. Now the mind is analyzing and looking for a way out of it. So this is a different way that I handle hypnotic phenomenon. I detail this further inside of my Hypnotized Conviction program, inside of Hypnotic Workers, where really I'm sweeping you into the experience of the phenomenon. And only once I see you have created it, then I finally pivot the language to now reveal the phenomenon that we've created. So for example, the arm is getting stronger, the arm is getting stronger, so stiff and rigid that now, notice if you try to bend it, it gets even stronger. So I'm getting the result before I go for the result, which you have to apply some enthusiasm to your voice. You have to sweep people into the experience. This is not about speed, though it's about efficiency. The hands are out in front of them, they're squeezing the arms down, the arms are straight. And listen for, as it was called in my previous theater career, uh, I was never the actor, I was the one backstage having to listen to this stuff, the heroic build that it starts low, it starts to ramp on up, it starts to bring up enthusiasm and energy, and now here's the phenomenon, and we got it. Listen to the sequencing. As one, feel those hands squeezing tighter and tighter together. Two, pressing up against each other even stronger. Three, feel your fingers wrapping around each other. As those hands are squeezing tighter, you hear my voice increasing in enthusiasm. As four, feel the warmth between those palms as if a chemical reaction is taking place. So that five, notice now, the more you try to separate those things, they squeeze even tighter. Try to pull those things apart, and they squeeze even tighter. And Thematically, in terms of the structure of my tonality, I am weakening the suggestion that I don't want to happen to strengthen the suggestion that I do want to happen. And my terminology for this is that I'm being permissively authoritative as well as authoritatively permissive. It's not one or the other. I'm delivering both at the same time. The more you try to separate those things, they squeeze even tighter. So it doesn't have to be forceful and demonstrative. It's just that one is more, let's say, assertive to each other. And sometimes even the transition of just a smile does a lot to really deliver that phrasing. Notice now that even if you try to separate those things, they squeeze even tighter. Really, try to, squeeze the, try to separate those things. They squeeze even tighter down. At which point, look at that. What does that feel like? Describe that. And we're engaging inside of it. Which, quick side story, there's one time I gave this lecture somewhere and the hypnotist was about to do a talk for a business group. And he goes, can I do your demo? And I go, well, it's not even my demo. I can't 
trademark or copyright the sequencing of this information. These are all classic routines, but really this was a lesson of compounding and calibration and suggestibility test in terms of building better hypnotic phenomenon. So go for it was the short answer. Thumbs up, you got the seal of approval. Well, here's the moment. Remember my numbers that if you just started with the uh, hand lock testing convincer, you might just get 10 out of 100? Well, he got zero. Here's why. This is going to be a visual for those watching the video. Notice now that if you try to separate those hands, they squeeze even tighter. If you try to pull those things apart, they squeeze even tighter. For those of you just listening, I'm yanking my hands apart as I say try to pull them apart. He was giving a visual suggestion as to the fact that their hands will separate. So don't do that. <laughs> Instead, the easiest way to do this, yes, you're going to get the transcriptions of this entire presentation to model the specific language of whatever component you want. Here's the hypnotic cheat code to make all of this so much easier. You don't need a script for any of this. And yes, you can have my transcripts, but you don't even need that. Well, maybe you'll want them for the unpacking and the explanations as to how I put this all together. The easiest way to say the right words at the right time for your client, for the teenage client and the parent, for the kid and the parent, for the group of 100 people, or I've done this before with 5,000 people in front of me. That was fun. The easiest way to always deliver the right words, you go first. You do the experiences along with your clients, along with your committee, along with your audience. So 5,000 people in front of me, I had my arm stretched out the entire time for the light and heavy experience. And when I felt my arm was getting heavier and it sank down, that's when I delivered to everybody, that's right. When I felt my right arm getting lighter, that's when I said, that's right. So I am doing the experience with you. That's what puts the right words easiest in the right place. The hands are out in front of me. I can feel they're getting warmer. Just that simple physiology, because I'm squeezing them together, they're getting even warmer. So I say, feel your hands getting warmer. Why? Because I can calibrate that actually as a thing that's happening. So to tie this all together, this was a category of work that at one point I was actually informed, you shouldn't do these with your clients because what do you do if they don't work? Was something that a popular school of thought was teaching at the time and I was taught. And I heard that, and this is the real lesson I want you to take from all of this above and beyond the calibration, the compounding nature, and the stacking of hypnotic experiences. Rather than ever look at something and say, that doesn't work, or what if that doesn't work? Instead, look at the technique and ask yourself, how do I make that work even better? And really, that's the philosophy that I bring to every hypnotic technique that's out there. There's no such thing as a good or a bad technique because with the right client at the right time, any technique, as long as it's ethical, is going to be valid. Which, by the way, as much as people know me for talking about hypnosis and business, everything I've said in this entire presentation applies to the nature of your business. If you have a person you're not yet getting referrals from, whether it's a past client or a local professional resource, what are those other experiences that need to be stacked in advance of that so now those referrals naturally flow? If you're having an issue with no-show clients, I'm of the firm opinion that if that's happening, if you adopt the attitude that that's your fault and it means you need to put a few more important instructional steps in advance of that session to negate 
that issue of the no-show client, we become even more effective not just as practitioners, because there's actually a person to work with that day, but also as business owners because now we're getting paid for the value of the services that we provide. So all of this stuff is universal. So I encourage you to revisit these hypnotic suggestibility tests and consider places that you can plug them into your presentations, you can plug them into your teaching elements, you can use them with your individual clients and get even greater results. And let me wrap this up in a way that makes it sound like a catchphrase I've been using for years, and that's how you work smart. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for your feedback, whether it's reviews or online for this series on iTunes or on Facebook or sharing it in your social media streams and conversations. Once again, the resource page for this episode, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash priming. That's where you can download the transcription of this presentation. You can also watch the video. Also on that page, you'll find all the details for our next live and online training and links to hypnotic workers, hypnotic business systems. Use this time for good to level up your skills and get out there and help a whole bunch of people. I'm Jason Lynette. Keep washing your hands and I'll see you all in person soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Smart Hypnosis.com.